As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman. I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Joelle Steiniger. Today we talked with Chuck Longenecker, the founder and CEO of Digital Telepathy. And uh, we talked a lot about building an awesome culture. Their team is really amazing. Um, every time I've gone over there, people are just all smiles, and I tease them that there's something in their Kool-Aid. Um, so we really dug into that today, and I'm curious what you guys thought after spending a few minutes talking with Chuck. What I found interesting was... Even at this level, where DC is 40 people, and they are doing product, they're doing agency work, he still talked about that focus and, and feeling like he didn't have enough. What did you think, Matt? A much smaller portion of their team is focused on product, but I know that they've always you know, struggled to find the right balance of 
how many people should be working on product, how many should be on service. And something cool that they do is they treat the service side of things a lot like product. So the clients they work with are usually other startups and they they kind of train them how DT likes to work before they start working together. And it's something that they bring to the table is that they know how to run a product, they've sold products before, and they're going to bring that to your company. So even though they aren't working on product full-time, they are working on product-like things daily. Yeah, and that actually brings up an interesting point where this was the first time I think we've ever heard that someone was not trying to grow people. He had reached the point in his company where he was happy and... Just listening to his reason, I think that's something that, that you should cue into when listening to this as to why he is set on hiring. And it wasn't the same story you hear from someone that's you know two or three people and says that they want to stay small and not hire. He's you know hired a good number of people. He's built a great team, but he knows that this is the right number where they can accomplish what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Let's get into it. Before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Hover takes all the hassle and friction out of registering your next domain name. And if you don't believe me, just ask my wife, Carmen. Hey, babe. Yeah? I need a new website. All right, well, you need to, to get a domain name. <sighs> How do I do that? Do you have a domain name? Yes. No. 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 I don't. Okay. <laughs> I need one. Just use my Hover account. What's What's a Hover? So Hover, H-O-V-E-R, uh-huh. dot com. Okay. And just search for, for whatever domain you want. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Okay, I can do that. Go to hover.com, get 10% off your entire first purchase by using the code SOEASY. That's hover.com and the code SOEASY. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. For those of you just getting started, CodeShip has a generous free plan with five private projects included and 100 builds per month. Not enough? You get 20% off three months just for being a Rocketship listener. Plus, the team over at CodeShip spent the past few months talking to customers and just launched a complete redesign of their app with better usability. Go to CodeShip.com slash Rocketship to sign up today. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to Customer.io slash Rocketship to start sending emails that convert. So tell us about DT. So DT is short for Digital Telepathy. We're a user experience design company. We've been around for almost 15 years, which is pretty crazy. A good part of my life uh, I've been here at DT. What's unique about us is that we are a bunch of internet geeks that just happen to provide services and just happen to build products and just happen to write about it on a blog. And those are kind of our three areas that we focus on. You know, we're, we're pretty agnostic to... The, which division you know takes the most play and and what we do and we we're just really passionate about creating great design impacting people with that design improving the experience of of their everyday life whether it's through the services we do for clients uh, which usually are startups or it's the products that we build and give away and sometimes monetize or it's the the blogs that we write to kind of give away anything that we've discovered about culture or design or products or startups that are, that, that are working for us that we can kind of give out there to the rest of the world. One thing that is really unique about you guys, I mean, agency life can be really tough, but everyone that I've met that works there and from having lunch at your office, your culture is infectious or everyone is really pumped to be there every day. And um, it's incredibly refreshing. I'd love to, to have you expand a bit on what you do to create that. 
Yeah, uh, that's, that's, you know, our largest priority is our culture, is our everyday happiness. If, you know, we're a user experience design company, and if our experiences aren't great, how are we going to possibly make other experiences really great, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. So uh, the way that we approach that is um, we, we have a saying kind of that we want to accomplish great things but have a great time doing it. And if we're not having a great time doing it, you know, what's the point? So we focus kind of inward first of what's going to be the most fulfilling to us with the belief that if we're, f- we're focusing on the things that are the most fulfilling to us, we're going to do the greatest amount of good and we're going to do the greatest job. And so that kind of spirals through everything we do. So we focus inward on our passions. We have a goal of growth, but only a goal of growth, growth after we've accomplished what we call our, our, our noble cause, which is crafting meaningful experiences for people. And then go through our values, uh, which is you know soul camaraderie, meeting our, our highest potential. And then as a result, we grow. And so that's a bit of a, a secret formula of, I think, probably why people are so happy here is that we do focus inward first. Uh, we focus on people's passions, what they love to do, as opposed to just what we have to do. And as a result of that, all of our output, uh, the design, who we work with, uh, what our strategies are, what our approach is, the products we make, is a result of that passion and, and us enjoying working together and us deciding to tackle a big problem together. As opposed to the other way we could look at it is there's a big market opportunity here. You're now assigned to this team. You're going to work your ass off on this team so that we can accomplish these KPIs, you know, get started. So we try to turn everything on its head, and we look at it as, like, totally common sense. Like, why wouldn't we want to come in? I don't, I don't want to come in and grind every day uh, as CEO. Why would someone as a designer uh, or a strategist want to come in and do the same? So, so for us, it's, as we flip it on our head, it just makes so much more sense and it's so much more fulfilling for us. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. What do you do when you notice someone that may be burning out or um, kind of isn't as excited as they were uh, previously? So, you know, as, as, as great of an environment it is, it's not without its stress. And that's a good thing. Right. So if we're all happy go lucky, I mean, first of all, we live in San Diego. That's the default here anyway. So if we're happy go lucky every day, we wouldn't get anything done. And so stress is a good thing as long as stress is warranted. And so we monitor, monitor it very closely. And not only do we, we as in the management, it's we as the people here monitor it. So we have multiple ways for people to kind of but they're stressed to bubble up or uh, if they're not feeling fulfilled to bubble up. We use a service called 15.5 and every week people can share what's going on for them in in a bit more of a private setting. It's a digital uh, way of saying uh, these are the things that are going on with me to their direct manager and and it gets filtered up uh, depending on who needs to uh, help address it. Uh, We have one-on-ones every week so uh, you get to actually connect with someone on your team and then, uh, you know, you're paired with other designers, developers, strategists, people on your team to kind of work as buddies. And so, uh, you know, one of our values as a rete is looking out for each other's highest potential. And, and so if someone else sees someone in the dumps or, or really struggling, 
uh, it's on them to help them out, to, to help stand them back up. And it's not just uh, your own personal responsibility to, to always be, you know, in the best spirits as possible. So it's one thing to say that you want a great company culture. I think a lot of people aspire to that. It's definitely another thing to pull it off well, not only so your employees are happy, but also so that you have clients that are being fulfilled. You guys approach clients and your relationship with them differently than most agencies or, or service-based industries. It's really more like a productized company. Can you explain how you were even able to get started going down that route and what that looks like? Yeah. Uh, so we take the, the values that we have for our culture and we apply them to our clients as well. So a big value of ours is camaraderie. And we realize that you know our greatest accomplishment in life typically are our relationships. And so why not have amazing relationships with the people you work with? And the people you work with aren't just your fellow teammates, but they're also your clients. And so since we've been around so long, we've made so many mistakes. We've had so many failures. And many of those have been working with clients because of a dollar value of the project or feeling uneasy and deciding to go for it anyway because thinking we could, we could master it. And that never turned out well. And so when we started to respect what we do with our team, with our clients as well, we found this unification of the projects and of the relationships that we work on together. So we need to make sure we connect, we see eye to eye, and we have mutual respect with our clients uh, before we even get started. And it's a, it's a bit of a, a trust-required situation when you work with DT because we don't scope projects. There's no required de- deliverables. You basically subscribe to our services on a monthly basis. Uh, and you trust us to do a great job. That's why that trust is really required. That's why we spend so much time up front um, talking through things with clients. But the way that we're able to pull that off and the way that we, we're able to be so confident and not keep people in long-term contracts is that we've built so many products ourselves. We've been through the trenches. We've made so many mistakes. Uh, we've monetized. We've had things be acquired. So we kind of see eye to eye with the uncertainty of startup life. And we can commiserate and, and you know, work through the difficulties and, and, and win, uh, you know, enjoy the wins as well. The things that we've learned in uh, the way we approach our own products, we've basically just transferred over to the way we provide services. So as opposed to us trying to scope a project and guess what the outcome is going to be, how much it's going to cost, how long it's going to take, we take an iterative approach, a more lean approach to the project. So we set an objective. We learn, you know, we look at the user journey. We see we have seven stages in the user journey. We understand where the friction is with our with the client's objectives. So if they want more acquisition uh, or if they want to release new features, we kind of un- understand from a qualitative and quantitative perspective where the where the challenge is, where the friction is, and we work together with brainstorming ideas of how to solve that. And that essentially on the fly builds what our project is on a month to month basis. We then measure kind of how, how are we doing, you know, if we're accomplishing those objectives and continue to iterate. And then once we've accomplished them, we move on to the next objective. So over time, we're actually providing business value as opposed to just providing new designs for people. And the way we look at it is that we're actually designing people's experiences. And those people are the key to many of these startups or businesses having success. If they can please the people, they can create a great experience for those people, then they can be successful as a business. Do you find that it's hard to educate clients on how you work before you engage in a relationship with them? That was one of our biggest fears that, you know, from the very beginning, we've been doing this for almost five years now, and it's been, you know, a long road to get to the place where we are now. And at first, it was difficult, for sure. But we also didn't know what we were doing. So we weren't communicating it well. You know, it wasn't set up that great. 
And nowadays, uh, when you talk to the right people, they get it. They usually get it within the first 10 minutes of the conversation. And that's when we know we have a, a great potential relationship. We're working with really intelligent people that understand the value of working really closely together as part of their team, as opposed to having this prescribed set of services. So it hasn't been a problem anymore. And, and if anything else, it's been great because if it is a problem, it's not a good fit for us. A lot of agencies have aspirations to go down the product route, and it's really difficult to pull off. Do you find that because you approach clients and the whole team is kind of trained to work in an agile product-based way, that it's easier to roll in your own product branch into everyone's workflow? Maybe. Nothing is ever easy with products. Like The fact that we build products and, and that we're able to somewhat monetize them is great, but it is unbelievably hard for us to do it. So I won't ever kid you. From the very first products we built in the mid-2000s that were total failures to when we built Slide Deck and had somewhat of a monetization success and then sold Hello Bar, the whole process was a grind, was incredibly difficult. And we were working on borrowed time. So any kind of spare cycles in the agency, we would build products. We kind of felt like it was our training. It was practice. So if you want to be an athlete and play in the big leagues, you have to practice every week. And so products to us are practice. The fact that we're able to generate revenue from them and have some upsides, that's great. And we love that and we want to get better at that. But the fact of the matter is we're practicing on how to be better than our competitors every single week while we're building products. Now what we've done is we've We've taken, as we've grown and scaled, we've taken a bigger risk and we have three dedicated people to products. And it's still incredibly hard. <laughs> you know, so it, it, especially for me where I'm managing an agency, um, supporting the culture and also building a product division, also building the publishing division. So you just find yourself not having that time and focus as much as you would if you just worked on a product. So I'll never kid you that we've figured out a, a golden bullet, silver bullet, um, for the product side out of an agency, but it is just grinding through just like everybody else who starts a startup. Right. Does everyone in the company contribute to the blog? Good question. So we have a, a, a staff uh, for the blog. We have an editor, we have a, a marketer, and then we work with some outside help. But um, one realization we've had recently with our, our content is that what we do here on a normal daily basis is pretty cool. And we were originally trying to write articles of things we thought people wanted to know about or things that were going on in the world, and we started just writing about things that we're doing. And so ways we're solving a problem. Um, maybe just, an, we call them aha moments, a way that we found out how to have a better meeting, a way that we found out how to solidify our, our, our culture, but little simple things that anybody can take on within their company. And then bigger posts about how design can impact your business. But we try to write it in a way that you don't have to be a designer you don't have to have a design staff. There are ways that you can use design thinking to impact your business as well. So um, to answer your question, yes, nearly everybody does write for the blog. We, do, we try not to pressure people because it's writing a blog post is a lot of effort if you're not a writer. But that availability is there for everybody. We try to encourage it. So what qualities do you look for in a potential hire that is irrelevant of the job they're applying for? Good question. So those are the most important things uh, that we look for first. Uh, the first uh, experience we have with someone is how did they apply? We write really kind of goofy job descriptions on purpose, and we do some gating criteria, and we look for that little twinkle in that 
application first to put them on the top of the stack. We actually took a big risk, and as a 40-person company, we have a dedicated recruiter, which has been amazing. Highly recommend if you use recruiting, uh, outside recruiting, to kind of take a look at the numbers and see how much more powerful it is to have someone in the house that really believes in the company, can speak about the culture, speak about what we are up to. It's made a huge difference. So she does a great job. Susie does a great job having a conversation, a personal conversation with every single person. And if she feels like they're a cultural fit based on how passionate they are, how much energy they have towards what they want to do, and even some, th- some things in the past, like what they've accomplished in life, regardless of work. You know, did they, did they have hardship? Did they overcome it? Did they travel the world? All these things and what I call like experience DNA that makes someone who they are. The more of that that's stacked up, the better. And then we look at skills. <laughs> and we do skills tests. Um, and the skills is kind of the easy part, right? If they can pass the skills test, that's great. But skills can be taught behavior and attitude and, and, and um, your aspiration of what you want to accomplish can't be. Yeah. How much of the culture, the different aspects of your culture, how much of that do you see in people when they apply and how much of it is taught when they come in? So we try not to teach culture at all. Uh, we kind of look at the, look at it as that working at DT is not a privilege. It's, it's something you choose. So you need to be at a certain place in your life to choose this culture and to to actually contribute to the culture, as opposed to coming in and getting absorbed and drinking the Kool-Aid and all that kind of stuff as well. So everybody we hire, I think, contributes something new to the company, and it changes us, and, and hopefully for the better. And every, every time we lose someone, which we have an amazing retention, but if we do lose someone, we lose a little bit of it too. So it's this organic growing thing. But uh, one thing that we've learned is that we have to manage our culture. We can't just have this random... You know, when you're five to ten people, you can kind of have this fun, random culture. But as you grow and you scale a bit more, you have to take a bit more control. And that's why we don't actually, we have values, we have noble cause, like I mentioned before. And it's definitely part of our language. And we do meetings every single week that are open meetings in the middle of the company to talk about culture that anybody can come to. So we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. And um, it's kind of fun. You know, a lot of things surface, a lot of challenges, and it's always positive, right? As opposed to this person's causing this problem, it's that we're not communicating well. Well, what can we do to solve that? And it's always great when, you know, sometimes we'll have five people there, sometimes we'll have 25 people there, all discussing this type of stuff. So putting these structures in uh, the organization and little things we do when we have lunch uh, together as a group, that's a huge part of creating culture. Uh, Today, since it's close to uh, Halloween, we're doing uh, the Haunted Hotel. So everybody's kind of getting together, and we do that together. So we do these little events, and the whole idea of doing these events is to feed back into everyday life here at DT and not to work hard to get to do these events. It's to do these events so that when we work hard, it's more fun. Mm -hmm. So on that kind of same level, you guys do something that I think is absolutely awesome, and that's your betterment. Bonus. call it a a bonus, a program. Um, Tell us about betterment. Yeah, so uh, Betterment is kind of the, the core of what we do at DT. If you were to ask us what we do, and I had to give you the broadest answer possible, I would say we make things better. And so the way we look at it, as opposed to saying we provide web design services or user experience design services, if we can always make things better, I think that we can always be successful as a company. And we happen to be on the digital design side of things, but if tomorrow we decide we wanted to build bikes, I bet we could build better bikes. And so that's the idea of betterment. They're these little incremental improvements that create exponential results if you stick with it every day. And so when we first came up with this concept, 
it's sometimes hard to roll out new uh, philosophical ideas to an organization. So our theory was we want them to experience this philosophical idea. So instead of saying, you know, this is what Betterment is, and you guys need to start operating with Betterment, we said, I tell you what, at the end of the year, we're going to give you a sum of money, I think it was $1,500 to start with, and go do something that makes yourself better. You can do anything you want as long as it makes you better. There's, there's, they have to get approval, um, so they can't just say, I'm going to you know, go out to dinner every night because that makes me better. But something that makes you or someone that you care about better, and come and do a presentation on it. So it's pretty awesome. Some of the things that people did, uh, uh, some, one of our guys is really stressed quite often, and so he learned to play the piano. So when he gets home at night, he plays piano to kind of unwind, and, and his daughter loves it, and he came in and he, he played the piano for us, and he'll occasionally do that for us as well. One of our guys is a cyclist, and he went to Mallorca and cycled with some of the world's best racers. Uh, another person uh, bought a race car and started racing at the track, which I don't know if that's good for our insurance policy, but uh, <laughs> it certainly is a great stress release, and, and he loves it, you know, passion for him. So it, it wasn't until these things happened that people really got Betterment at a core level and then started using it. So what we want to do is make a large impact in other areas of our business. We want to use the same staff that we currently have and expand what we're doing outside of just services. So we plan on focusing more on our products team and with our product filament uh, and making a bigger impact uh, and increasing our user count and, and trying to discover ways that we can take the things that we do in the agency and make them available for free for more people. Uh, we want to work more on the blog itself and uh, our events and possibly even education. Uh, one of the ideas that we have moving forward is uh, doing things called Design Camp. It's this idea that uh, we'll bring 10 or 20 people to San Diego and teach them how to be uh, a great user experience designer. And not just in the craft of designing, but actually in the idea of strategy uh, and product design uh, and presentation and forward thinking, all different things like that as well. So uh, we really want to look at how do we move just outside of being services and as opposed to growing services year over year? How do we grow in different areas and how do we use you know, less resources to make more of an impact, greater profit, and continue having as much fun as possible? Uh, so for anyone who's not familiar, can you tell us where we can keep up with you online? Sure. So I mentioned the blog a couple times, but you can, you can go and, and subscribe to it and check it out. We, we post about two posts uh, a week, and you can uh, check it out at dtelepathy.com slash blog. Uh, we also have the same name as our Twitter handle at dtelepathy, so you can follow us there. And then we have a, a fun hidden culture blog that you can find uh, on our site and there's a little hint it's in our careers page there's a link someplace there and that just covers a lot of the happenings here at DT and some of the things we do for fun every day awesome thank you so much for coming on this was great you got it it's been great thank you guys Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today.